Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 41. Guess what? It's a great big world out there, and you don't have to be scared, because it's all yours for the taking. I know that your dreams are big and bright, and God gave you this life to do crazy things. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, principal from Sky Duke High School and host of Principal Matters the School Leaders Podcast, where each week I bring you innovative, imaginative, and inspiring ideas for improving your own school leadership. If you want to check out previous episodes of this podcast or blog posts that accompany them, you can visit my website at williamdparker.com. If you subscribe for my weekly updates, I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Role for School Leaders. And you can also check out my book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders at my website or at Amazon.com. This week, I want to talk about the power of productivity. And I want to start with a story, and then I want to talk about some really fascinating research uh, that I was looking at via a TED Talk presentation. Uh, when I was a boy, uh, my dad bought a long green Pontiac station wagon. This was long before the creation of the minivan, uh, when station wagons were still the cars of choices for large families. Uh, And we spent countless hours of my childhood driving from the West Coast toward the Mississippi River and back during my dad's Navy years. Um, Eventually, we settled in West Tennessee when dad retired, and he also retired his old Pontiac in a field beside uh, our house near our chicken lot. Uh, We lived way out in the country and uh, we raised lots of animals. And my dad had uh, an entire um, flock of chickens that he raised so that we could have uh, eggs on our farm. And when dad retired that old Pontiac station wagon by the chicken lot, It didn't take long before the chickens began to roost and nest around the old car. And one day my dad rolled down the windows and the hens found their way inside. And for years to come, that old green station wagon became a makeshift chicken coop. I can still remember dad going out there at night and then eventually uh, the children, as a part of our chores, was uh, rolling up those windows and keeping them a little bit cracked so that those chickens could have safety in their coops at night without critters or raccoons or possums trying to kill them off. Uh, we, yes, we were backwoods. Uh, anybody who's got a, an old station wagon for a chicken coop uh, has a lot to brag on in West Tennessee. Um, but I still have a lot of fond memories of raising those chickens. Uh, I can remember lots of mornings of going out and spreading corn on the dirt and the grass and watching those red, brown, and spotted black hens Uh, gently clucking and jostling around my feet. You know, hens are interesting creatures because they love to feed together. Uh, They warn one another of impending dangers. They huddle close for warmth. They are instinctively team players, unless they identify another chicken that they perceive as a threat. And then 
they can become vicious in isolating or attacking or pecking their culprits. And last week I was reminded of chickens when I watched a great TED Talk presentation by Margaret Heffernan, a businesswoman and consultant who used the research by William Muir uh, to talk to other people about what makes some groups productive, what makes some groups more productive than others. And you can check out this entire TED Talk um, by looking up uh, Margaret Heffernan, or you can visit my website to see the blog post accompanying this podcast, and I'll link to it there. But Heffernan uh, cites Muir's research, and Muir had studied the productivity of, of laying hens because it's easy to see how productive hens are by just simply counting their eggs. Um, but he had he had an idea or a theory um, and he wanted to, to test what would happen if he created a super flock of chickens. So over six generations, he began to take the most productive layers away from an existing flock and created his own super flock. While at the same time, uh, another set of laying hens he allowed just to proceed naturally through six generations without interference by removing hens. He was interested to see whether his super flock uh, could outperform this normal everyday group of laying hens. And this is what's fascinating about his research. Um, I think the results would surprise anyone. Uh, I think my expectation would be that these super hens would be amazingly productive. But instead, the normal laying hens were far more productive than the super chickens. And here's why. Because the chickens in the common group functioned interdependently, while the super chicken group pecked each other almost to extinction. Uh, when they identified one another as, as threats, um, there was only a handful of them left by the time that uh, research project was done. So here are the points uh, that Heffernan makes in this TED Talk about um, the false assumptions that we make about groupings. You know, so often we believe that if you group the most talented, smartest, gifted individuals together, inevitably you will have more productivity. Uh, but the truth is, uh, according to Heffernan, that productivity is tied to elements so much greater than intelligence or giftedness. In fact, um, she has studied productivity in teams and often consults uh, organizations and, and companies in productivity. And she, she identifies three characteristics that make up truly productive teams, the kinds where people are supportive or challenging um, or collaborative. So let me just quote directly from her speech. Here's what she says. First of all, they, the productive teams, show high degrees of social sensitivity to each other. This is measured by something called reading the mind in the eyes test. It's broadly considered a test for empathy, and the groups that scored highly on this did better. Secondly, I continue her quote, the successful groups gave roughly equal time to each other so that no one, no one voice domi dominated, but neither were there any just passengers. And thirdly, she continues, the more successful groups had more women in them, end quote. So how do these three qualities apply to our schools? Um, let me just say the following. I believe that educators are just as prone to make false assumptions about productivity as any other organizations are. 
research has shown over and over again that it's not superstars who are most effective or exceptional. Uh, this was brought home years ago in Jim Collins' classic book, uh, Good to Great, where he studies the most productive and effective companies in America and what identifies effective leadership among them. Um, I did another post on this uh, a couple of years ago. If you want to read that, I link to it as well in the in the in the um, post that accompanies this podcast. But Collins identifies the most effective leaders in organizations as individuals who are focused on what's the essential mission and the goal of their company. Those leaders are not necessarily the most vocal or charismatic, but they are always the most focused and intentional. Um, Effective leaders are open to dissent. They're, they're open to candid discussions on what works and what doesn't work, and they're focused on processes that accomplish goals rather than just constantly changing for the sake of change. Another interesting piece of research I just read this last week uh, was shared with me from a friend from a neighboring district, and this was a piece put out by Harvard's School of Business called The One Type of Leader Who Can Turn Around a Failing School. Now, this study um, takes leadership styles and breaks them into categories of uh, surgeons, philosophers, accountants, or soldiers, or architects. And each of those different categories or descriptions defines a different kind of leader. Uh, You can read that article as well if you'd like to check out the entire post uh, at my website with the uh, post that accompanies this podcast episode. But let me just summarize quickly that the Harvard Business School article says that the most effective style of leaders that they studied among principals are architects. And the way that they define an architect is someone who is most interested in long-lasting change through effective designing and executing solutions for student improvement. Not just talking about them, not just um, cutting programs or, or forcing change, um, not just by showing up and being hard workers, um, and not simply by just uh, looking at data alone, but by designing and executing solutions for student improvement. Now, there are some parts of that Harvard Business uh, study that uh, may raise some questions for you, and you may or may not agree with. I don't agree with uh, everything that I read, but I thought it was an interesting piece because it, 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 it affirms what was being said by Herfin and, and her TED talk about the productivity of laying hens and people in companies. Um, the research asserts that when we invest in the social capital of the people with whom we work, when we allow our team members, our teachers, uh, our staff to have equal voices, when we value diversity in our groups, when we, we then when we do those things, we're going to always increase the chances that we'll see more productivity in our goals and the outcomes for our students. So let me wrap this up today. Teachers, I believe, and educators have a unique advantage over other industries. Whereas corporate America is criticized for its lack of inclusion, especially women in leadership, education has actually traditionally been a place where many women can thrive and lead. Um, But regardless of gender, I believe also the intangible elements of trust and teamwork and goodwill can easily exist in a school. And when they do, we can go so much further in creating meaningful work environments and meaningful learning environments. So this week, as you're thinking about your schools, 
I want you to think about how these truths may apply to your buildings, um, just like they apply in companies and just like they apply in hen houses. If we can create environments for our teachers and our students and our leaders where collaboration and teamwork and trust are an essential part of our environments, then we're going to create a much better environment for students' success. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we may not be able to measure productivity as easily as counting eggs. Um, But at the same time, the mindsets that we adopt, uh, if they include listening to one another, valuing each other's opinions, encouraging diverse points of view uh, so that we can reach consensus, this kind of teamwork is necessary, uh, not just for good egg production, but it's also essential for good school success. So this week, I just want to encourage you to think about your school teams, whatever season of the year you're in, whether you are starting off your, your, a new semester or a new nine weeks, or whether you're um, wrapping things up at a certain point of the year, or whether you're getting ready for a break or ending a break, uh, think about uh, how important it is uh, to share values and to grow in our ability to work together. So now it's your turn. What are some ways that you've seen your team growing in, in their ability to work together and share values and outcomes for all students? I'd love to hear your comments. Feel free to uh, comment on, the, on the, the post that accompanies this podcast at williamdparker.com. Or if you want to shoot uh, me a comment uh, via Twitter, my handle is at WilliamDP. I just want to thank you again for listening uh, to the podcast this week. And I just want to encourage you in your productivity and in your teamwork. And I want to remind you that what you do matters. Uh, Thanks for listening in. I'd love to connect with you. If you want to subscribe for weekly updates at my website, you can do so at williamdparker.com. I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders. Um, You can also check out my book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, The Courage Needed for School Leaders. I hope you have a great day. And looking forward to talking to you again soon.